Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to thank RNP Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. RNP Car Company are your used car experts. And make sure you find them online at rbcarcompany.com. Lots of stuff still to discuss. And, you know, I, I'm still irritated because, you know, the media is basically deciding not to cover the story of all of these people left behind in Afghanistan. And it's it's disgraceful. It is absolutely disgraceful that they would continue to hide that stuff. But they do. Uh, about 4.30, we're going to have the Attorney General for Indiana, Todd Rokita, is going to be joining us. He's going to talk about this multi-state effort to battle against vaccine mandates. We'll get to that in, in a little bit. He's supposed to call in about 4.35. Uh, then we've got this study that's now been published on the NIH website. This goes in line with some of the other research that I have been giving you previously. Uh, which addresses this situation. For those of you who do not know, the official line in the United States from Fauci and his acolytes is that, oh, like 1% to 2% of people who are getting COVID now are breakthrough cases of COVID. That's a lie. It's not true. There's no evidence to support that. All of the evidence supports that there's between 40 and 50% breakthrough infections, which means of the total COVID cases we have right now, it seems to be anywhere between 40 and 50% of them are fully vaccinated individuals. There is no evidence whatsoever that they're only one or 2%. The only thing that we have about there being like one or 2% is a flippant comment from Fauci at one point weeks ago, which doesn't hold water considering how many places in the country are almost fully vaccinated. And yet they have massive breakthrough cases. This includes Native American tribes, by the way, because Native American, there's a, I forget which tribe it was, but there's a Native American tribe that became the first fully vaccinated place in the United States. And they are dealing with a massive Delta breakthrough right now. And that's because, again, the vaccine does what I told you before. The vaccine, think of it this way, just to make it as easy as possible, the vaccine artificially bumps up your antibodies. Those antibodies only protect against one part of the virus. When you get COVID and recover from COVID, your antibodies protect you against the entire virus. But the vaccine's antibodies only protect you against one little part of the virus. So it doesn't take much for the virus to evolve and get around it. What, uh, what else the vaccine does is that the vaccine, those antibodies that it creates are temporary. They're not permanent. So you get these antibodies that are artificially produced by the vaccine and then they die off really, really fast. So you need booster shots to get more antibodies because your body doesn't make the antibodies on its own when you don't have the vaccine in you. So the vaccine wears off, the antibodies go away, you are susceptible to reinfection. Really is that simple. That's what's going on. So now, all over the country, new study published on the NIH NCBI database and authored by Harvard professor S.V. Subramanian, Ph.D. and Penn State professor Akhil Kumar, Ph.D., claims that the vaccination rates have, quote, no discernible relationship with the amount of new COVID cases. So once again, we told you that Fauci was lying when he told you that one or two percent thing. We told you that we provided evidence that he was lying. But now there's even more evidence that Fauci lied to you yet again. I know. Shocker. 
pathological liar that keeps getting caught, caught lying, somehow, some way, still has faith with everybody. You know, I liken this stuff. There's a reason that I bring this up. You have a cult leader. says, the world's going to end on this day. Gather all of your things. Wear your white shoes. Let's let's go to the mothership, right? And what happens? Time goes. Boom. Nothing happens. You know what? I got the date wrong, guys. My bad. I didn't carry the one. I didn't adjust for leap year. It's next year on this date that we all die. Y'all come back next year. Nobody dies. World is still here. Now, at that point, anybody who comes back for that third year, I'm sorry, you're the worst kind of moron. And how many times does Fauci have to get this wrong? How many times do local health officials have to get this wrong? How many times do politicians taking away your freedoms and liberties have to get this wrong for you to take a step back and go, I'm not playing this game anymore. There is a reason that mRNA vaccines are not used in the way that they were used for cancer treatment, which is what they were designed for, because they had a toxic effect. Yes, this is different than the cancer thing. I understand that. I acknowledge that. But you should be aware that the process previously has been shown to have a toxic effect with multiple injections. There's a reason that every single person at the FDA, except for two, said no to booster shots for the general population. They are concerned about the risk, and there is no evidence that booster shots provide any substantial protection. They just artificially get those antibodies back up again. There's a reason that the advisory panel at the CDC also said no to booster shots for the general population. Now, of course, the head of the CDC, Walensky, she overruled them, but she's a Biden appointee. These are all things the media should be talking about with all of you so you can make a decision on what to do. I'm not telling you not to get booster shots, but don't you think people need to understand that in the research on mRNA, injections when it came to cancer that there was a toxic effect is that possible here as well or is the process completely different now to where that toxic effect that was happening and one of the reasons that it was stopped with cancer research is it is it possible that that's been fixed or is it still a risk and why is it that the fda and the cdc with the exception of the political appointees don't want people getting a booster shot Unless absolutely necessary. Why is the news media not having this discussion? Because the news media is not interested in your health. They're not interested in your safety. They're not interested in your well-being. And why aren't they telling you the vaccine is only a temporary boost? Think of it like a shot of adrenaline. You get a shot of adrenaline. Your adrenaline artificially goes up and it wears off, right? It's the same thing with the vaccine. Now, when you recover from COVID, you don't have that problem. You have the real antibodies. Your body produces them. They fight off the entire virus, not just one little tiny part of the virus. And you are much more protected for a much longer period of time. But they're not telling you any of that. So what they're doing is they're running around and telling you, yeah, breakthrough infections are extremely rare. They don't really happen all that much, you know, except in Vermont, except in New Hampshire, Except here, except there, except here, except there, over and over and over again. 
And they're expecting you after we find out the multiple cities and multiple states that are, you know, almost fully vaccinated, that they're having these major breakthroughs, that they're expecting you to still believe that only one or two percent of the country has a breakthrough infection. No. You're foolish if you believe that. That's why this research is so important. So you got a Harvard professor, you got a Penn State professor. They come out, they do the they do the study. This is another study highlighting this relationship. Okay, this is not the first one. No discernible relationship between the amount of new COVID cases and and those with vaccination rates. It also notes that in fact, the trend line suggests a marginally positive association such that countries with higher percentage of population fully vaccinated have higher COVID-19 cases per 1 million people. In other words, what these two researchers have found is that where there is a higher percentage of vaccinated population, they are having higher rates of COVID infections. So they're showing that potentially the vaccine might actually have more breakthrough. And again, we have to we have to point out that people who are, are not vaccinated have not gotten COVID. Uh, when you get your first shot, you are actually more susceptible. You are more susceptible to getting COVID after that first shot than if you hadn't got the shot at all. That is not me saying that. That is what the research says, which is why they want you to isolate, stay away, you know, don't. Don't just assume because you got the shot that morning that you're safe, right? At the country level, there appears to be no discernible relationship between percentage of population fully vaccinated and new COVID-19 cases in the last seven days, the report says. In fact, the trend line suggests a marginally positive association such that countries with a higher percentage of population fully vaccinated have higher COVID-19 cases per 1 million people, notably Israel. With over 60% of their population fully vaccinated, it's like in the 90th percentile for one-shots, had the highest COVID-19 cases per 1 million people in the last seven days. Now, again, I have to reiterate, why do we look at Israel? Israel is a very interesting case. Socialized medicine. Israel doesn't have the medical privacy issues that the United States has. They openly report their data. They are doing so in a less politicized, more scientifically based way. Israel is scientifically advanced. Israel is medically advanced. Israel used the Pfizer vaccine exclusively. This is why Israel is such a great source of information. They had vaccine mandates. You can't go anywhere without having your little green card in Israel proving that you're vaccinated. Israel is now saying that you're not vaccinated unless you have the booster shot. So everything that happens in Israel is a great test case for what we can expect to happen in the United States, considering we majority use the Pfizer vaccine. We are privileged enough to have that information coming from that country. And because they're a medically and scientifically advanced nation, we can trust their data. You remember, we came on this show because it was the international, international headlines. Israel beat COVID. Remember that? Israel was the first fully vaccinated country, right? Now, of course, they've changed that. They've changed the definition of what fully vaccinated is. They finally started to acknowledge that you're actually at a higher 
a higher risk of getting COVID right after you get your injections for a couple of weeks. And suddenly the narrative changed. At one point in time, Israel was the most vaccinated country on earth. And in the last seven days, no country on earth has had more new COVID cases than Israel. I'm going to say this again slowly because I know some of you still have issues with your medulla oblongatus. Israel at one point in time, months ago, was the most vaccinated country in the world. And in the last seven days, they have more COVID cases than any other nation. New cases. Why is that? And the idea that it can happen in Israel, it can happen in the UK. The UK used a cocktail. Yes, they had the AstraZeneca vaccine, but they also used Pfizer. Uh, And you start looking at some of these states and some of these cities and things like that in the U.S. where the number of breakthrough infections are right around 50%, sometimes over 50%. There was one place where it was, you know, over 70% of the cases were breakthrough infections. And you're expected to believe that only one or 2% of breakthrough infections happen in the U.S. and that breakthrough infections are rare, except they're not. It's a lie. And we kind of went over one of the reasons why that lie exists and how it exists and how they manipulate that number in the United States. But this is all political. So this is, again, a Harvard Ph.D. professor, a Penn State Ph.D. professor. They have looked at all of this and they have found that their data suggests slightly more risk of new COVID cases in places with higher vaccination rates. There is no discernible difference at all. No discernible relationship between vaccination rates and new COVID cases. None. That's globally. But you you go ahead and keep believing all of the uh, all the people who keep lying to you and have been wrong about this for nearly two years now. We got more coming up. News Talk 953, Michiana's news channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Back to the phone lines we go. Just letting you know, there's new research that has come out, which corroborates previous research, that there appears to be no discernible difference between those who are vaccinated and those who are unvaccinated in new COVID cases. In fact, um, globally, the uh, Harvard and Penn State researchers have found that there seems to be a slight, although statistically insignificant, leaning towards places with higher vaccination rates having more new COVID cases versus the others. And then you got the uh, the former attorney general saying that, you know, Colin Powell was killed by the unvaccinated, which is absurd. But anyway, back to the uh, the phone lines we go. Matt, welcome to the program. Hey, Casey, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. What's up? Hey, really, I have a uh, question and then a, a theory real quick. I'm going to throw the theory out at you okay. uh, first. Um, I think the... Uh, one of the reasons why we're seeing a uptick in all these mandates for vaccines is because I believe there was a deal that was cut with the uh, uh, pharmaceutical companies when they made the vaccines that they were going to put out so many of them because they invested a lot of money. I mean, I'll grant them that. Mm-hmm. And uh, they only last for so long. I mean, there is an expiration date on these vaccines that need to be uh, used. Otherwise, they're, you know, wasted. Um, 
that's a theory. But then the other question is, you may have covered it earlier, but how come we only are hearing about cases now? We don't hear anything about hospitalizations or death rates. Yeah, and the reason that you don't is because the death rate has steadily declined since last year. That's what I figured. Yeah, it's when when we go over it, and I'll routinely kind of like post these charts, and I'll put a little arrow, you are here, and the death rate has continued to go down which, again, is a great thing. That's what we want. Do people still die from it? Yeah, but people in certain age categories. In people, Indiana, it's, it's, it's in the single digits, isn't it, per week right now? I'd have to pull up the current week's data. I usually do that around Friday, Thursday or Friday. I didn't do it last week, though, so I'd have to pull up Indiana's data. Okay. Yeah, I don't, right. want to, I don't want to speak out of turn and then get it wrong. No, that's fine. That's a cool. And then, like I said, that theory, I have a feeling that those uh, – that Pfizer, Moderna, and Johnson Johnson were promised a certain amount of usage on these vaccines, so they would need to get them out there. I, and yeah. I think we've already hit our cap. Well, it very well could be. I, I will tell you this. The stock price went down for the vaccine companies yeah. when people thought the vaccines were permanent, and they went up when they realized that you would need a booster shot because they wore off. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just throwing that out there. All right, man, appreciate Absolutely. the call. Thank you much. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, KG. All right. Uh, MNC News Time is 4.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. Coming up next, we'll have the Attorney General, Todd Rokita, joining us to talk about this multi-state lawsuit against the Biden administration on vaccine mandates. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. Want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. So the Attorney General, Todd Rokita, is leading 17 states, 17 states to uh, go after the Biden administration from threatening parents who express their views on school officials, or two school officials, I should say. Um, this is that whole, parents are now domestic terrorists, so joining us to talk about that is the Attorney General himself, Todd Rokita. Todd, how you doing, man? Uh, you know what? You're starting to break up a little bit. I don't know if we're going to... Oh. Okay, hold on. That sounded good. That sounded good. Okay. All right, there you go. Yeah, well, you just kind of echoed on us for a little talking. bit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, I mean, tell us a little bit about the 17-state effort. What is it that, that you're doing? What is it that you hope to accomplish? And, of course, why are yeah. you doing it? Right, thanks. Look, um, it's the, I'm happy to um, announce that uh, we're leading us uh, a coalition of, of 17 states, uh, like-minded attorneys general, uh, leaders that I know and who are concerned about the same things uh, that your listeners are. And one of the many things that we're concerned about these days is the idea that the federal government can you know, come in and monitor uh, and, and, and intimidate our interactions with our government. And when you're talking about a public school board, uh, that's government. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you, you know, at a time when we have tens of thousands of people a day crossing our southern border, which is a federal crime, when we have looting going on in places like California where you can really walk into a store and take up to $1,000 worth of things, and not even get um, uh, arrested for it or even charged for it. Uh, and we have attacks on police and everything else. Uh, what does the Biden administration think is important? To go and intimidate parents who are lawfully showing up, again, at a public school board meeting, which is their government, uh, to 
understand better and to ask questions about educating their children, which is our best asset, and 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 otherwise keeping the family unit intact, right? Mm-hmm. If you're going to run a free republic, you need to have family units, and parents are the ones that are chiefly responsible for raising your, our, their kids, uh, and, and that includes education. They're trying to divide, divide that up. They're trying to intimidate us along those lines, and, you know, that's what dictators do. That's what socialists do. Now you start- they, replace the fa- yeah. they replace the family with... Um, the state. So we're standing up against it, and we'll see where it goes. See if we can, if they don't listen, file suit and, and do some other things. Yeah, and we've also obviously we had you know the uh, the school board in Pennsylvania. They've pulled back from the National Association. The Biden administration is pretending that they're not you know basically declaring these parents domestic terrorists. And I'm, I'm sure that there's examples of some of these parents maybe going over the line, but I found it really interesting when you have members of Congress who have protesters outside. Nobody in Washington seems to bat an eye, but suddenly a school no. board member has has parents outside protesting outside of their house, and now they're domestic terrorists? Right. It's ridiculous. In fact, the National School Board Association, which um, you know is the one that teamed up with the Biden administration, they didn't list one instance across the entire nation of what they're worried about, right? They didn't. Right. They didn't list one incident of any kind of violence or anything like that. Look, you can go to a school. You know, I'm not saying I advise this, but there's nothing wrong with the fact that you talk loudly at a school board meeting, or that you use emotion. Now, you can't disrupt. You can't stop it. You certainly can't use violence. But there are laws in place for all those things. You don't. You don't need the DOJ monitoring parents when you got all these other crimes and issues going on in this country. Uh, and this is, but this is what they're doing. They're trying to intimidate uh, these parents. And we wanted them to know that they have someone in their corner. Uh, in fact, we've talked, I think we've talked about the parents bill of rights that I did in this. State. We have. Yes. And, and uh, you know, that was meant, and we're going to have future editions come out. That's meant to give these parents confidence because a lot of parents, you know, for better or worse, this might be the first time they've interacted with their government. For you and I, Casey, it's no big deal, these public meetings. Uh, but for many, it's the first time. So we want them armed with information, with them educated, with them confident. And this 17-state letter is a, is a way to show them that we got their back. And again, we're talking with the Indiana Attorney General, Todd Rokita. In fact, speaking of the Parents' Bill of Rights, last time I had you on the show, I was telling you that there's some local school districts here who are denying access to parents for curriculum. Um, that has continued to happen since our last discussion. Uh, Middlebury schools in particular here have been very bad about providing access to some parents. And some of the, the parents that I've talked to have said that they've tried contacting your office and they get referred somewhere else, and then that person refers them back to your office. So I wanted you to be aware that there are still some of those things happening, at least here in Michigan. I don't know about elsewhere in the state, but at least here, we are running into school administrators that are still denying access to curriculum or they're they're only allowing you to have access at certain hours in certain buildings and you have to show up like it's a classified briefing in Congress or something. And it's mm-hmm. it's starting to really frustrate people. I mean, to the point where they're sending cops to people's house at 1030 at night and things of that nature, too, because they don't like their social media posts. So it's still happening all over the state. Wanted you to be aware of that. And no, it, thank you. And, and I, there's nothing I can't stand more than a runaround. Um, now, I have no authority to go into a school board meeting at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that they those lesson plans uh, we believe are public records. There is a public records law in the state of Indiana, and maybe that's who we were referring people to, okay. the public access counselor. Uh, but you just got to keep at it and document everything. Uh, because sooner or later you will be able to go to court over it. And I know that's not what people want to hear, but that's how we settle disputes here. And your legislators need to know because they should put a law in perhaps that strengthens your your right to see that stuff and and put a time limit on when it has to be divulged. But, yeah, a parent should be able to see a lesson plan, bottom line. Well, I mean, yeah, we got the sixth grader who, again, this is in another state, but you know, the parents are being told CRT is not being taught in school. The sixth grader records their teacher teaching CRT in the school. And at a school board meeting, they were told that that wasn't happening. And we've heard that all over the country, especially here in Indiana. Uh, Real quick before I let you go, Attorney General, um, we have, of course, found out that there isn't actually a vaccine mandate from the Biden administration. Yet people are being fired and they're losing their jobs if they don't get vaccinated. Is there any legal recourse in the state of Indiana? And what about insurance companies raising rates for employees who are not vaccinated, but everybody else's rates stay the same? Right. Um, I, on the latter first, I can't think of a particular law off the top of my head in the state of Indiana that would actually prohibit that. Okay. Um, the, the, the question is, is it actuarially sound, right? These, are, these, these insurance companies operate on actuarial numbers. So, mm-hmm. you know, you, they might be able to use that as an argument. Hey, we're, we're paying out more claims when people aren't vaccinated. They can actuarially demonstrate it. They may have a decent reason as the insurance company. As a private employer, there is no law in the state of Indiana that prohibits a public sector employer or a private sector employer from um, mandating, excuse me, let me check that. There's no private sector employer law that would, that would tell a, a private sector employer that they can't mandate a vaccine. So, again, uh, th- there could be a law, but there isn't. Uh, as far as public sector employees in the state of Indiana, uh, there is a law that prohibits proof that prohibits an employer from demanding proof of a vaccination. Okay. So that's how we were able to walk out you back a few months ago. Uh, but, you know, again, uh, I'm not a lawmaker. I enforce the laws. Sure. Uh, but but uh, that's where you kind of have to go for these for these policies is be talking to your lawmakers and demand that uh, that this stop. Well, we appreciate the legal guidance from from the top the top guy in the state of Indiana. Todd Rakita, the attorney general. We appreciate your time today. Thank you. Yep. See you next time. Bye. You take care. All right. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. want to thank the Attorney General for joining us, uh, talking about his effort there. Again, there's 17 states that are looking at resisting the Biden administration's attempts to, well, really categorize parents who are concerned about what's happening with their children as domestic terrorists. And as I pointed out in that interview... Uh, There is, I'll put in the Daily Show prep for you to actually watch the video. But in another state, there is a sixth grader who recorded their teacher teaching critical race theory in the classroom. Now, the reason that this is bad is, well, critical race theory is just awful anyway. But the reason that this is so bad is that at numerous school board meetings, 
and the faculty of this school, they all denied that they were teaching critical race theory in the classroom. So a sixth grader pulled out their phone and they recorded their teacher teaching critical race theory. And, of course, it's now been released to the public. This is at uh, Franklin Woods Intermediate School. And the teacher um, divides the entire population of the country into anti-racists, racists, and assimilationists, which is, of course, critical race theory. And this is where this all comes from. Uh, so kudos on the kid for doing this. Um, but, again, you know, you, you have this, this entire school district have been telling everybody, we're not teaching critical race theory in the classroom. And here they are, caught red-handed, teaching critical race theory in the classroom. Panaris Madison, we're not teaching critical race theory in the classroom. What did we do? We got the lesson plans. Guess what? They're teaching critical race theory. Same thing is happening in other schools, too. And it, every time they tell you they're not teaching CRT, they are. They're just using a different name to describe those lesson plans. And there's this guy, you might... Might not have heard of him. His name is Shaken Spear or something like that. So anyway, he said something to the effect of a rose by any other name. So if it's if it's still a rose, but you 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 don't call it a rose, it's still gonna smell like a rose. It's kind of how it is. So again, this is just one example. I know that's not in the state of Indiana, but nonetheless, this is happening all over the country, and it's happening in your kids' schools right now this very moment. Join us on Rumble, rumble.com slash Casey the Host, and on Telegram at Casey the Host. More coming up.